Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. This episode contains adult language, drinking, loud noises, intense family situations, discussions and depiction of mental illness, discussions of familial abuse, both physical and emotional, descriptions of a suicide attempt, and discussions of alcoholism. Last time on Arden. We're telling the whole story here. Not one person's story. Why do you keep fighting her taking over? You ever have kids of your own, you'll see. They're never ready. If you have a choice, pick the sun. This has been your preview of Waydate. Make your profile now for a chance to meet with me. Any other names of interest in the old police files? Well, there, there's one guy we talked to, Paul Breckenridge. There's someone you should talk to. I hope Dana gets real attention from someone who cares about her. Dana, we are friends, right? Hell yeah, we are. Well, you had the moment, right? The moment when you both know. So let's start here. I'll buy you dinner. You in? Always. Lead the way, Miss Casely. Olivia, what are you doing here? Uh, hi. Guess I'm back. Arden is brought to you, as always, by Wayface Industries, the good people. People is not species-specific. Welcome back to Wayface in the Morning. I'm DJ Walkin, and yes, you are listening to The Right Station. We've been seized by Wayface Industries. We have Bea Casely, host of Arden, in the studio this morning. She is just as contractually obligated to be here as I am. You got that right, Mix Walkin. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the phones. Talk to some listeners, which is apparently what my show is now. First caller, you're on the air with me and Bea Casely. What happened to our DJ Walkin here? I missed that show. Same show. They made us change the name. They changed a lot when they bought my station too, but now I barely notice the neon wallpaper. At least they're not changing the music. When we switched from oldies in 2010, woof, the angry calls we got. I say we, but this was back in my father's time, DJ Walken Sr. I come from a proud line of shock jock DJs, and I'm proud that we're Elsinore, Montana's most popular, exclusively jazz station. Only jazz? In rural Montana? That turns a profit? We're the only thing you can pull in here in the valley if there's so much as a single cloud in the sky. A captive audience is a happy audience. Anyway, next caller, you're up. Wow. Good morning to you, Mix Walken. And might I say how much I admire independent radio. It's a real tragedy how corporatized it's become. I have a question for Bia. Next caller! Whoa, not so fast. With whom am I speaking? The name is Asher Casely. Casely? Are you... My little brother. Oh my goodness, Mr. Lieutenant Governor. Oh come on, it's a ceremonial role. He only took it to get the gavel. You hear that, Bia? That's the sound of the law. Brother, huh? I didn't realize you had local ties. (laughs) Brother! Who said brother? Can we cut this part out? That is not how live radio works! Lieutenant Governor Casely, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to address our listeners. Oh, he's not busy. Look, can I call you back? Call. You're in the state. Drop by Helena. It's lovely this time of year. You can stay at our house. Wow. 
Do they even have houses in Los Angeles? Of course they do. Do you live in one? No, no one does. It's not a bad drive either. I had to come by Hatchet Falls and thought I'd pop over to Elsinore. Check in on my sister. Don't you have much more important things to do? Gaveling all over the place and such? Wow. Family is the most important thing of all, Bia. Ugh. Please tell me no one listens to this show. Oh, absolutely no one. I just complain and play jazz. Now, for a mandated wayface break. Let me read over the copy so I know what I'll be saying on air. I wouldn't want to interrupt the ad to ask a random question about something I've obviously just read. Okay, for the record, we do do clean takes of the ads. The show just won't use them. Hold on, does this say coaster oven or is it a typo? Oh, it's to keep your coasters warm when you put a cold drink on them. Shortly before Easter in 2011, a Montana rancher stepped into a grain bin to fix a mechanical error. He wouldn't step out again. The local police ruled it an accident. But his daughter has spent the last eight lonely, quixotic years trying to prove that he was murdered. So was this the perfect murder? And what does Dan Hamill's death tell us about the decline of the American small town and the American dream? Join us, won't you, as we unravel this mystery on Arden. I've got to go grab the forms. You can hang out in the studio. Oh, microphones. Can I record anything? Uh, no. Uh, Brenda did that once and now we can't get rid of her. <laughs> I'll be right back. You're not recording, are you? This is Olivia Breckenridge, live action news. God, I hope you're not recording. They always are. They have microphones everywhere. Dana! <laughs> God, don't sneak up on me like that. We're not 15 anymore. Sorry, I surprised you. I mean, in a friend. We can be in the same room, right? Yeah, sure. So, how have you been? I convinced a true crime podcast to come out here and investigate the death of my father. So I'm great. Love to live endlessly in formative drama. <laughs> yeah. You look good. I can't see the old you. Well, not really. Cool. And you have a boyfriend. Sorry, your dad never shuts up. Yeah, we live together. Um, he's... He likes football. <laughs> Doesn't every little boy dream of growing up to be the girlfriend in a beer commercial? <laughs> we don't have to do this. Really. I saw a therapist. Like you said, at the hospital. Like I've been saying our whole marriage... I can't believe it took me trying Something to... Something about the, my wife's just had her stomach pumped clarity, I really latched onto. Is it helping? Uh, talking to a therapist, I mean. Yeah. Took a while, but I got my diagnosis, got my pills. Wouldn't have been able to do any of this without them. If it's too personal... It is too personal. But I'll give you three guesses. Uh, I should see about those forms. It was good to see you, Dana. I mean that. Breakfast. 
I, I know, I screwed everything up, I know that. But I miss my friend. Maybe my only friend. And I hoped maybe you... I'd like to split the sunrise special with you one more time. Old time's sake and all that. Maybe. I'm only here for a few days. I, I thought about calling you. I would ask why you didn't, but, well... <laughs> I was mad at you. You had reason to be. I was not great. Bipolar 2. Mood swings. No, that's bipolar 1. It has bigger ups and downs. This is... I'll feel stable for long periods of time. Just kind of gray. And then it feels... It feels like I could pull the universe apart at an atomic level and I wear myself out trying. It's not an excuse for what I did, for what I said, but it's real, and I am better. Okay. Look, if you're not doing anything right now... Dana, you here? That's my friend. Sorry. Right, cool. Uh, breakfast. Breakfast. Hey, bud! Casey, we're ready! Go on, do your thing! My thing? Welcome back, listeners. Today we peel back yet another layer of the rural American psyche. Then I say, now hold the phone, kind of like what Shrek said about onions, and then you get offended by my lowbrow taste and we forget what we're supposed to be talking about. Actually, Shrek is a poignant deconstruction of otherness. More like a poignant deconstruction of ogreness. Exactly. Oh. <sighs> I was up super early for that morning show. 5 a.m. is not that early. I listen to the show as I jog. Pamela, please try to be relatable for the fans. Okay, the surprise sibling call-in felt a little tired, but... Your brother called in? Brother Bowden Casely? He lives in Montana. In fact, Bia grew up here. No way! I thought you were from... Actually, that explains the horse thing. Pamela? Asher and I were having a personal conversation. It was on the air. I'm hurt, Bia. Here at Wayface Radio, we're a family. And families don't keep secrets. They keep thorough documentation. That is a wildly unfactual claim that possibly contradicts the entire point of the investigation, not to mention last season's... Okay. In fact, that brings me to the focus of today's episode. Family and the secrets it keeps. And it is correct. Family is a singular noun. Oh my God. Singular noun. We are cooking with gas, but you have to say welcome. Welcome back, Arden listeners. <laughs> oh, gave me chills. Now do one in a British accent. Welcome back, listeners. To another episode of Arden. <laughs> the listeners have been sufficiently welcomed. It is all good. Uh, okay, okay. On the surface, the Hamill family is local royalty. They live in a giant house and run a hugely successful ranch. Jaina Hamill grew up having everything she wanted. Except for the horrific freak accident that left her fatherless and drove her mother into the arms of her uncle. Don't think she wanted that. That's why we sat down with Clyde and Trudy Hamill to discuss the impact of Dan's tragic death on their relationship. When I lost my husband, Clyde lost his brother. 
The tragedy brought us closer together. We didn't have to grieve alone. You could say our relationship was born from shared trauma. It's actually quite common. I, I could talk to Trudy about my grief because she was going through the same thing. So your relationship only began after Dan's death? Years after. And even then we took it slow. We wanted to make sure that this was something real before we acted on it. Sure. People in town love to talk, but do you think it was my plan to marry my brother's widow? <laughs> Hell, I even tried to fight it, but once I knew, love makes its own plans. Hmm. So what was it like when you realized you were in love? Well, that's a little private for this conversation, don't you think? Aw, hon, it's a sweet story. It was 4th of July, and we'd gotten a thunderstorm. I'm stranded with the cattle, and here comes my savior in an old truck. When I get in, Unchained Melody is playing. It's a perfect movie moment. And I look at her, and I say it. I'm in love with you. And she can't stop the smile that comes next. And, well... It was sweet. After being sad so long, it was sweet. But Dana has a different take on Clyde and Trudy's marriage. Shameless, shameless, it's like they couldn't wait for him to die. And I wonder if my childhood was a lie. Father's body bloody in the bin. Mother finally gets her life of sin, 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 sin. We can't use Dana's lyrics as evidence. She's clearly implying that Clyde and Trudy's relationship predated Dan's death. She's even suggesting it was the reason he died. Song meaning is left for interpretation. Father's body bloody in the bin? Okay, that one is very specific. But maybe Dana's wrong. What if Clyde and Trudy just make each other happy? Doesn't everyone deserve to be happy? Not if you're a murderer! Rosalind? Where are you? Up here! Why are you dangling from the ceiling in a harness? Wayface Industries physical fitness test. You guys gotta do it next. And why does it require crawling on the ceiling like a spider? Didn't you get the message? Greetings, Wayface Industry employees. It's time for your annual physical fitness examination. You, Wayface Industry employee, must be ready for anything including the impending war against the shape-shifting vampires living among us. I hate to break up the preparations for the coming apocalypse, but we're still recording. Dana has good reason for her suspicion. Ah. Oh, feels nice to be out of that harness. Like taking off your shoes at the end of a long day. When Clyde talks about Dana, he says her theories are a manifestation of grief and... Clyde, the murder suspect... Clyde is just pulling bogus psychoanalysis out of his ass. The guy calls himself a therapist, but he's only a former high school counselor. Doesn't mean he doesn't know his own stepdaughter. Niece? No. Stepdaughter. When I said Dana's side of things, I meant her actual side. Like her words. My childhood. Is this a shrink thing? Who told you to ask me that? Did Clyde tell you to ask me that? He's not a therapist. 
He's only a high school guidance counselor. Dana, it's okay. We're just trying to paint a portrait of your family dynamic for our listeners. What was it like growing up on the ranch? It was great. I had a lot of freedom. My dad was really hands-on and encouraging. And your mother? She used to be warmer. She was happier with dad. We all were. He had this spirit about him. He was fun, spontaneous. I must have been nine, and he sizes me up one day. Then he says, all right, it's time. And he leads me out to the truck and gives me my first driving lesson. He taught you to drive when you were nine? I was dying to learn. I already knew how to drive an ATV. He taught me that when I was seven. He knew how bad I wanted to drive for real, and he trusted me. He knew I was ready. After an hour or so, we were flying across the ranch. That was one of the best days of my life. That sounds incredibly dangerous. Yeah, well, you sound like my mom. God, she was always trying to ruin our fun. (laughs) For good reason. You could have been killed. Dad knew what he was doing. He would have stepped in if anything went wrong. She never trusted him. And she doesn't trust me. I'm nearly 30, and she still wants to know where I am all the time. (laughs) I'm not a baby. And I'm not like her. I'm not a fucking whore. That got rough. I should send my mom flowers for being a good mom. No, if I do that, she'll think something's wrong. And then the neurotic texts. Asking if I'm dying or, God forbid, pregnant. Don't get pregnant. You'll end up with a kid who writes songs about you at open mics. Or hates me for being too protective or too embarrassing or just anything because kids are the... (gasps) What if Lorena wants kids? She can't want to get married and want kids. Will you two shut up? Just stop projecting your own problems onto everything we record. It's dumb, and professionals don't do that. They are calm and objective like I am. You dillweeds. Is everything okay? Uh, Can she just leave the booth? Don't we need to start recording? Oh, shit. I've got to find the secret hidden microphone that was definitely recording what I just said because I do not trust the editors to cut that. Andy won't let anything air that jeopardizes the big two-part finale wedding. Andy Wayface will not be getting involved in my tasteful, unsponsored wedding. You know how much weddings cost? I'd be selling out in a second if I were you. I don't even know if a wedding's going to happen. Oh. Uh, huh. Wanna talk about it? Work, pal? Uh, uh, hello. Is this a bad time? The place looks ransacked. Oh, Trudy! Hi! Uh, Just searching for... uh, Nothing, nothing. What can we help you with? Well, I didn't want to say anything earlier because, well, it's a sensitive topic. Dana isn't exactly... She can have trouble with the truth. Dana idolized her father. She was always running after him, and in her eyes, he could do no wrong, but... But what? Dan had a death wish. He didn't care what happened to him, or believe nothing bad could happen to him. He drank on the job, 
got into accidents all the time. So something like him leaving an auger on while he was near it. <sighs> you can see why I think this was just a horrible accident. I can't tell you how many times I hid his keys. He taught Dana to drive as soon as she could see above the steering wheel so she could drive him around the ranch when he was wasted. He thought that was safer. Jesus. And that was the worst part. He wasn't just a threat to himself. He was a threat to her. Just thank God nothing happened to her. And now that he's gone, she blames me. I, I don't think that Dan was ill, but he was careless. Just careless. I'm here with Paul Breckenridge, foreman at Hamill Ranch and Dan's close friend. We've got to know each other at Dana's open mics. Always happy to talk to a fellow music lover. Likewise. But unfortunately, I am not here to talk about Dana's artistically ambitious folk pop. I'm here to talk about alcoholism. It's recently come to our attention that Dan's drinking was a bit more serious than we thought. Dan had a problem, and it was only getting worse. You were drinking buddies, right? Yeah. Um, we were young and dumb. Can't tell you the, the trouble we got in together. But once I had a kid, I realized old Jack Daniels was getting in the way of what was important in my life. I got help, got sober. Dan, though, Dan never quite grew out of it. And what effect did that have on his marriage? I mean, Paul, it's okay. You, you had to have talked about it with Dan. Yeah, um, I was married. My wife left. She never felt like she could live in this goddamn town. Her words, this goddamn town. She said I was no fun sober. Can you imagine me, no fun? She and Trude were best friends. But she left. Trudy stayed. Make of that what you want. Oh my God, Asher, leave me alone. Can you not bring your phone into the booth? Honestly. Sorry. God, hearing Asher's voice on the radio this morning. Oh my God. Oh my God. Clyde and Trudy are lying. They definitely got together before Dan's death. And I can prove it. Shouldn't Andy be here? Don't you need to pick up your husband from the airport? Being trusted to direct an ad is a big opportunity for me. And if I hadn't volunteered, Rosalind was going to swoop in like a hawk from the rafters. She was in the rafters trying to get down from her harness. <sighs> do you think you can record this in one take? No goofing around? When do I goof around during ads? Are you going to run my anniversary weekend or are you going to read the ad? Do you need some me time? Do you want nothing more than to unplug your phone, burn your mailbox, and smash your doorbell with a hammer so you won't ever have to interact with another human again? Do you want a monthly subscription box full of bath bombs and earplugs so you can focus completely on yourself? <laughs> oh man, I really do. Well, too bad. Because Wayface Industries will sell you no such box of lies. The self is an illusion, and illusion is another word for delusion, which is another word for fib, and the self is the biggest fib there is. Cutting yourself off from others is not only bad for you, it's impossible. All people are one, 
sharing the same needs and wants and particular emotions. You may think you are special. You're not. Oh, okay. Uh, this is a little aggressive. I mean, how is this supposed to? Don't, don't give me that Pamela face. I can see you. Wow, you can go a long time without blinking. Okay, fine. The Wayface There Is No Self Care Package is a monthly subscription box that sends products designed to remind you that you're not alone, and material objects, such as our refreshing citrus burst shower gel, cannot replace connection. Our soothing lavender-scented candles are perfect for a candlelight vigil or power outage when people need each other most of all. You otherwise never need candles. You may try to be strong, but you don't need to stand alone. Other people will help you, if only you'd let them. Surrender to the united human consciousness with our organic lip balm. Ask yourself, and again, both you and self aren't real things. Do you really feel happier in total isolation? Bia, are you okay? Bia! Girl, I got you. I got you. And I just need you to do one thing for me. Anything. Wrap this up. Okay. Disclaimer. Wayface makes no guarantee that solipsism is not the only true reality, and in fact, you are the only real thing in a universe of your own invention. We don't have answers. We're just trying to sell soap. It's here somewhere. There. Unchained Melody. July 4th, all right. But July 4th, 2009. And yeah, they switched over to jazz by July 4th, 2010. This station is about all you can pull in down here, especially in a storm. They lied! Radio stations really keep a log of every song they play? Have to. And since we now technically own this station... We have access to that log! And to think when I bought this station, it was just so I wouldn't have to find street parking. Why are you here? Don't you have a way date? Yes. Me. Oh! Sorry! I thought you were the... computer-looking-things-up guy. I am! Gary Gallagher of Gallagher's Gadgets, Gizmos, and Electrical Engineering. Gary is a small business owner, like me. Well, I mean, I'm more of a small business collector, though. I just checked the weather records. There was a thunderstorm in Elsinore on July 4th, 2009. And then nothing on that day for the next several years. Bad drought. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, Gary. Gary Wayface. It'll take some getting used to. You know, I've been thinking about this, and if we were to join souls eternally in holy matrimony, we should also rebrand. Gallagher Wayface's Gadgets, Gizmos, and Electrical Engineering Industries. Andy Wayface Gallagher. Hmm. Andy Gallagher Wayface. Hmm. If it's easier, we can just change it to Gallagher Industries. Okay, they'll be at this for a while. And we have actual work to do. Right, Brenda? I kind of want to see how this turns out as the thing. Brenda! So, Clyde, tell us about your brother. We didn't always see eye to eye, but I respected Dan. He really stepped up when our father left. I wouldn't have been able to go to college if he hadn't stayed on to run the ranch. So you loved your brother? Yes, of course. Then why did you have an affair with his wife? Oh, for God's sake, she's in the next room. Do we really Unchained need to... Unchained Melody? A thunderstorm? That sequence of events you described can only have taken place in 2009. 
Trust us. We checked. <laughs> How can you possibly know that? A time machine? Better. Accurate record keeping. There was no affair. She was a good and faithful wife. I was weak. I was the weak one. Uh, Clyde, we've spoken to people around town. Ranch hands, classmates, even Paul. A lot of them have stories about you and Dan arguing. Dan yelling at you. Dan belittling you. If he was abusive to you, then he likely was with her too. Domestic violence often... He never laid a finger on me. Not once. D dear, you shouldn't Dan was here. a bad husband. He was not an abusive husband. He was a troubled man, no doubt. A lot of anger in him. But his family was the most important thing. He never hit me either. He helped me. Lent me money. Went to bat for me to help me find work. Yes, we argue, but <laughs> we're family. That's what family does. The ways Dan was cruel were louder than the ways Dan was kind. But he was kind. He was. He could be. I married him, after all. But towards the end... Then why? Why did you cheat? We didn't cheat. Clyde. We didn't cheat. We danced. I picked Clyde up at the hospital. <laughs> Blew up a firecracker, injured my hand. Classic Fourth of July injury, huh? <laughs> they were able to fix it, thank God. And I couldn't think of anybody else to call. So he calls me. I come into town, and he looks so sad and small sitting there, hand-wrapped in bandages. Unchained Melody is on the radio. My favorite song always has been. It's mine, too. And the rain was pretty. The song was gorgeous. He holds out his hand for me to help him up from the bench outside, and I, I didn't let go. And we danced. That's all. A dance. Moment of weakness. And it felt like magic. Like a moment we got outside of it all. I'm sure you could check a security camera, drum up the past, but why? It was a sweet moment. I knew I loved him then. I always knew I loved you. But I also knew that never in a million years could I do anything about that. You married the wrong brother? That's what you thought? I married the man I married. I just thought that night it was a blessing to see into another life like that. And, and I thought that's all I would get, a glimpse. And then... And then. Did you get what you needed? Dan was complicated. We had a stolen moment. We're all people. We're all just people. Do you buy any of that? Dancing outside a hospital in the rain with a bad hand? Maybe. Some suspects are so good at lying, they overwrite the past for themselves. You think that's happening here? No, but there's more to the story. We're running in circles on this. We need a new angle. I know who we should talk to. Thank you for talking to us again, Olivia. Well, screw it. I'm in town anyway. We're trying to get a better picture of the Hamill family from an outside perspective. The inside perspectives are a little hard to follow. Families like that, huh? Theirs is, I guess. We're trying to get a better sense of Dan's character. Hmm, let me guess. Dana says one thing, everybody else says another. 
Here's the one thing I know was true about Dan. The people he loved the most, he treated the worst, including his daughter. I assume you've heard the high school graduation story? No. No. What happened? He humiliated her. He showed up drunk, took the mic, and started ranting about Dana leaving for college. He even took a swing at my dad for trying to get him off the stage. He tried to hit Paul? Didn't that piss your dad off? My dad isn't like that. He always forgave Dan. He even left the graduation to make sure Dan got home safe. He was always too... They were really close. When he died, it messed Dad up. He fell off the wagon. It must have been tough on you, being in the middle of Paul and Dana's grief. Yeah, I suppose. But I was more worried about money. When my dad started drinking again, it got bad. He'd miss his shifts at the ranch or be in no state to work. Clyde had to let him go. He did right by us. Hired him right back once he was sober. But in the meantime, we had nothing. Bia, over here, darling. Lorena, how was your day? Mm. Rustically charming. Mm. Sweetheart, don't take this the wrong way. Why is there dirt on your blouse? Oh, shoot. The end of the Wayface fitness exam is a full-on steeplechase, and then... You know what? Never mind. Long story. But now that it's just the two of us, we can have a nice, relaxing... Hey, B-Brain! Asher! What are you doing here? This is the only restaurant in town with a Welp review. Where else would I be? Lorena Christopher, nice to meet you. I'm Bia's... Is that a ring? Wow! Bia! Never thought I'd see you wearing a wedding ring. And such a traditional one. It's not a wedding ring. It's an engagement ring. And yes, the diamond industry is awful, but this diamond is a diamond-free diamond. I had no idea Bia's family lived so close by. I would have invited you to the proposal flash mob. Please forgive me. A flash mob? That's the most romantic thing I've ever heard. It's a good thing she has you, Lorena. My sister needs someone funny even her out. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure that's me. This is embarrassing. I'm such a riff, Mohead. Could you sign my... What? You said podcasts were for lazy trust fund kids who couldn't be bothered to read. Not if you do them right. Lorena really elevates the medium. Did you know she records all her episodes on period-appropriate equipment? It's come up. You know, podcasts just don't sound right if you're not listening to them on vinyl. Lorena, the attention to detail in your research is just exquisite. Thank you. Oh, what did you think of our series about the Second World War's influence on the technicolor escapism of Desmond von Holton's 1950s musical comedies? Oh boy, I'm gonna need a drink. Waiter, can I get a beer? The largest size of the least pretentious beer you got. Mmm, mm, lovely finish. 2014 Chateau de Vries Pinot Noir? The very same. Thank goodness I always travel with the host gift wine in case of emergencies. Otherwise, we'd be eating this meal with... Where are your manners, Bia? Where's your butt, Ash? <laughs> like a cigarette butt? <laughs> Yet another text from Brenda? No. Paul Breckenridge friended me on Facebook. Such a dad move. Wow, his pictures are old. 
Wait a minute. As I was saying, their vintner was a classmate of mine at Bowdoin. <clears throat> so, when I visited their vineyard in the south of France, he invited me to a personal tasting. And you told him, hey, this Malbec is great, but these grapes seem more suited to Cab Sav. And then that became their signature wine, even though it all tastes the same. Sorry to interrupt, but I gotta bounce. Work emergency. Oh no, a true crime podcast emergency. I don't get it. They didn't even solve the case in cereal. I guess they don't teach nuance at Bowdoin. Theo, wait, where are you going? Chasing a hot lead. I'll see you back at the hotel. Hot lead? Isn't it a cold case? <laughs> Is that Lorena's car? Why did you make me come pick you up if she's already She's having too much fun with my brother. I couldn't tear her away. That's a good attitude to have. And I had to call you. See, see. I was looking at Paul's old Facebook photos. There's pictures of him and Dan before the accident, and they're wearing the same jacket. Black Carhartt. Them and everyone else in the state of Montana. I know, I know, it's a popular jacket. And weirdly trendy in street fashion. But the next winter, after Dan dies, Paul is wearing a blue jacket. So what? The guy got a new jacket. But you heard Olivia today. They were strapped for cash after Paul relapsed. Why would he buy a new jacket? They're not exactly cheap. Unless something happened to his old one. Wait, Bia. I know it's a stretch. No. You're wearing an engagement ring? So you said yes. Did you just leave your proposal dinner for this? Oh... We got engaged last week. I was going to tell you. Soon, I promise. I just didn't want it to be part of the show. For continuity reasons. Brenda, I swear I was going to tell you. I wish you had told me. That's all. But it's fine. It's fine. I mean, it, the whole thing is fine, and you're fine, and like... So, congratulations. So you're thinking it was Paul's jacket in the auger. Then what happened to Dan's jacket is what I'm, that's what I'm curious about. We're at the Elsinore Sheriff's Department. The building is dark. Most of the staff have gone home to their families. Suckers. We're waiting to meet with Sheriff Jake Wonder. <laughs> Wonder, that is such a good name. He's not going to let us into the evidence locker. I can be incredibly persuasive when I need to be. Oh, God, Bia. We are now inside the evidence locker at the Elsinore Sheriff's Department, and Brenda Bentley is eating her words. I don't think the phrase imperative of objective truth has ever been used that many times in one sentence before. Did you just let us in so she would stop talking? Gosh, no, I just like the company. You know, I checked out season one. You two are like a walking comedy show. Why does everyone always say that? Arden is a highly respectable true crime podcast. Classic Bia. So, Sheriff Wonder, can you tell us what we're looking at? This here is the jacket that was found with Dan Hamill's body. Or what's left of it. Listeners, you may note that the fabric is black. 
and the sheriff's department was able to identify it as Dan's jacket. Well, it was soaked in his blood, and it matched the jacket folks saw him wearing all the time. They figured it was hanging loose and got caught in the auger. Dragged Dan down with it. Do you have any photos from the crime scene in here? Or accident scene? Is it still called a crime scene if it's not a crime? It's <laughs> a good question. Uh, I think we've got some in this folder. Look! There! It's Paul. He's wearing the black jacket. He had it. Maybe he did just buy a new one the next year. But what was he doing at the crime scene? He didn't tell you? Paul was the one who found Dan's body that morning. Are you tired of being responsible for so many vehicles? Are you constantly worrying about whether you need to buy a car, a new boat, or a new airplane just so you can get around on land, on sea, and in the sky above, uh, Andy? You know most people don't own boats or planes. A lot of people don't even own a car. Really? Then how do they get around on land, on sea, and in the sky above at only a moment's notice? They don't. They get a bus pass or book their trips months in advance. Bus passes? Is that like a passport for buses? Fascinating. Do you want the freedom to go wherever you want, whenever you want, using only the awe-inspiring power of your own body? Well, unfortunately, we haven't figured that out yet, but we've discovered someone who can. Introducing... Ducks. Wait, are we just advertising the existence of ducks? Yes! Uh, you know about them too? Yeah, I know about ducks. The extremely common waterfowl. Oh, aren't they marvelous? I was at a pond yesterday, and this small, fluffy creature walked past... I've never seen anything like it before. So, I called out to it, and it spoke to me! A sound like I've never heard before. Play the recording, Rosalind. You got it, boss. Had you never heard a duck before? No! Anyway, it spoke. Quacked. And I thought to myself, that guy has it all figured out. Did you know they can fly, walk, and swim? Just like little boats, but also like people, because they're alive, and aeroplanes, because they can fly. Little aeroplane boat people. Say, is that copyrighted? Nope. You can't change what ducks are called. I'll leave that to my lawyers to decide. With trendy yellow beaks, adorable webbed feet, and cuddly soft feathers, none of which have any known purpose, ducks are better than we are. And if that's not enough, they also make delightful noises when they talk. I mean, they're not actually talking. <sighs> Never mind. Play the rest of the clip. Who are you? I must know. Show me your mysterious ways. Oh, there's more than one. <laughs> you? Is that why you have red marks all over your body? It was the single most exhilarating experience of my life. 
So what are you waiting for? Head to your local body of water today and see if you can find ducks. Brought to you by Wayface Industries, the good people. All right, say hello to the fans, Dana. Hello, fans. I am speaking with Dana in her trailer. Should we set the scene? This place is very goth, and I love it. <laughs> I am almost 30. I am not goth. Then explain this decorative skull. It was a gag gift. A goth gag gift. <laughs> Listeners, this skull is unnervingly realistic. Its eye sockets are staring deep into my soul. I feel like, I feel like it's listening to me. I mean, do you ever talk to it? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you said you were here on official radio business. <clears throat> yes. Yes, of course. Dana. Rosalind. What can you tell us about Paul? Why do you want to know about Paul? Well, we want to get a feel for all of the players, you know. Paul was really close to the family, wasn't he? He was family. He'd come over all the time and hang out with my dad. And he'd bring... Look, you told me I didn't have to talk about my marriage. No, Dude, you don't have to. Um, <clears throat> this is just about your dad's social circle. I mean, Paul seems really nice, and he was friends with your dad, so that reflects well on your dad. Yes, exactly. Um, Paul is the sweetest guy. It is unfortunate that we have grown apart for reasons, but he still comes to my open mics. I don't think he realizes what I'm singing about, <laughs> but he's very supportive. He was like a second father to me when I lost my own. That was really selfless of him. It was. I mean, not like Clyde, who was only pretending to be nice out of guilt. <sighs> that fucker. Yeah. And Paul was not doing that because he had nothing to be guilty about. Wait. Are you trying to imply something? Who is it? It's Olivia. Hey, Dana. Uh, oh, great, Rosalind. From Arden, right? Yes, Rosalind Ursler, queen so of the air. which one of you told them to look into my fucking dad? Wait, what? They keep dropping by to ask him things. They're there right now. Well, he doesn't have anything to hide, or... It doesn't matter. This isn't a story about us. It's a story about you and your ridiculous theories. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Paul's a saint. The show's gonna leave him alone. Right, Rosalind? Well, it's not really up to me. I'm just the assistant, so... Bullshit. I mean, I will voice my concern. That's not good enough. Call them right now. Get Andy Wayface on the phone and tell him that lead is done. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm getting out my phone. <clears throat> wow, Olivia, you came all this way to check on your dad. <laughs> Good daughter alert. 
Uh, okay, so he doesn't seem like he's there. I'll just bring it up at the next production meeting, and I'll... Whatever. That... One of you needs to fucking fix this. Okay? Fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck! Uh, Ex-wives, am I right? What do you know about it? Nothing. Nothing. I'm sorry. Why are you talking to Paul? I mean, we have to cover all of the angles. I told so... you what happened. You don't believe me? Yes. Yes. Maybe your dad was murdered, but you're wrong about who. You know I'm on your side, right? No, Rosalind. I don't. <sighs> okay. You're right about one thing. You just have to promise not to say anything about it for, for the integrity of the show. What am I right about? Nice to see you again, girls. How's the investigation going? Good. We had a few follow-up questions. They're a bit sensitive, so... I'm an open book. You know, why do they say that? Not, not like you couldn't just open a closed book. I'm a closed book, ladies. Open me up. No, the other way is better. We're not going to beat around the bush. What was it like to find Dan's body? Oh, I, I don't feel comfortable talking about that. Do you feel uncomfortable or just cold? I'm not cold. Really? Then why don't you go put on your jacket? Okay, dial it back, Bia. Paul, you found Dan. On a Saturday. On a holiday weekend, no less. Ranches don't exactly get holidays. Cows don't care if it's Easter. But you were there before anyone else that morning, and you just happened to stumble across his body? It's just bad luck. Dan had gotten violent with you before. Everyone knows that, Paul. And you knew with his drinking, no one would question an accident. But that power grid fluctuation was never accounted for. You're probably the only one more experienced with equipment than he was. And you went right for the body the next morning, like you knew where it would be. We're done here. If you think I'd kill my best friend... I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And everybody tried to make me think I had no idea. Dana, hon, let's go back to your trailer. Dana, let's just go back. If you girls want to have a little late supper with when us... When did you start fucking up. Ugh, Dana. Because it sure as hell wasn't the bullshit story you tell people. I know now, Mom. I know I was right about this. And if I'm right about this, then I am right about everything else, too. Rosalind, that was private, what you told her. It was gonna be on the show eventually. I just figured that... Well, Dana, Rosalind, are you joining us for... Rosalind told her, Clyde, what we told the others yesterday. What we're... And I'm supposed to believe you kept it in your pants? After your perfect movie moment in the rain? I should go. Stay, Rosalind. Stay for supper. Oh, I've already eaten. I... She said stay, Rosalind. Okay. So what else are you lying to me about? What else? Sweetheart, this is really unlike you. No, this is exactly who I am, Mom. And you're always trying to tell me some other version of myself is the real one. But this is me, Mom. This is me. And you made me this way. With your lies. And your lies and your lies and your Dana, lies. Dana, have you taken your pills? 
yes, this isn't about me. I don't need to be micromanaged. I wasn't in the hospital with a burned hand. Clyde, I don't care why. I was in the hospital because your father beat the shit out of me. Broke my nose. Broke a rib. Broke my heart. I should remind you that I record every interaction I have with well, you Well, he so must have had a good reason. He did. He accused me of being in love with your mother. I was. I always had been. He was wrong that anything had come of it. Not then, but he was right to suspect my true feelings. So what? You danced in the rain with a broken rib? Must have hurt like hell. There was no dance, no. We sat, and we held hands, and we watched the rain. And I told him I loved him. After I told no, you... No, I said it first. You never would have dared. How could you? When I got to Elsinore, it was a Wednesday. <laughs> what the fuck does that even matter? Your dad and your uncle, they used to stop at the co-op in town to buy coffee right after morning chores. Your uncle took Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. Your dad took Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And when I got to Elsinore and needed something to eat, and the only place that was open that early was... <laughs> well, it was a Wednesday. So what, if you, if you get there on a Thursday? I don't know, sweetheart, I really don't. Maybe Clyde and I... Maybe it's all different. But it's all life is, hun. Wednesdays. Technically six other days as well. I'm speaking metaphorically, Rosalind. <clears throat> I get nervous when there aren't jokes. So yes, I told Clyde I loved him. But I also told him that I was glad I had gotten to Elsinore on a Wednesday. Because you, Dana, are your father's daughter. And nobody else's. You cheated on Dad. Even if you didn't write then, you I loved somebody else more than him. And if we acted on it or we didn't, what does it matter, Dana? What, what does it matter? How can you even ask that? Well, I should go see about that. Try not to tear this family apart any more than you already have. means something. It's good for all of us. Get everything out there and look at it and really talk about it. Dr. Yates says you get away from ground zero and it starts to get better. I hope so. <laughs> You're a good friend, Rosalind. Maybe the only friend I've ever had. I should go. It's cold. Stay. And... Stay. You want to stay here? In the trailer with me? No, I 
up to be work super I'll take the early. floor. You can take the bed. No, I really can't. I... Oh. Okay. Fine. Uh, I could. Yeah. I'll, I'll stay. That's as long as you don't mind getting up early. I'd love that. <laughs> Look at those stars. Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, feels great. <laughs> we sure caught Paul off guard. <laughs> That's good. I really think we got him. So what now? Now we wait for him to do something stupid. Arden, Season 2, Episode 5, More Kin, Less Kind, was written by Mara Woods Robinson and directed by Christopher Dole. Our recording engineer was Ernesto Hurtado, and the episode was primarily recorded at the Rebel Talk Network Studios in Los Angeles. It was edited by Christopher Dole. Our composer is Christopher Hatfield. Arden stars... Michelle Agresti Tracy Syed Shannon Estabrook Charlita Gaston. Benjamin Watts. Mia Drake. Libby Woodbridge. Sersha O'Sullivan. Our guest stars this week are Zach Grenier. Rebecca Metz. Oscar Jordan. Mike Bash. Omar Andrade. Alex Welch. Grant Patrizio. Jennifer Liao. This episode features, as in you're listening to it right now, the song Gutless, written by Laura Stratford and performed by Libby Woodbridge. You can find it on our soundtrack album. Arden was created and executive produced by Emily Vanderwerf, Christopher Dole, and Sarah Golub. Our co-executive producers are Chad Ellis, Libby Hill, and Ernesto Hurtado. Our logo is by Dylan Farr. This series is produced in Los Angeles County on the ancestral lands of the Tongva, Tataviam, and Shumash. Our website is ardenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. Do you like this show? Do you want to help us make more of it? There are so many ways you can do that. The quickest and easiest way is to toss us a few dollars on Patreon. You'll get access to early episodes, behind-the-scenes material, and episodic commentary. You can also, for a limited time only, support us on Indiegogo, where we have a number of attractive perks available. You can buy special Arden-related merchandise on TeePublic, including a very festive Skunk Ape t-shirt. You can rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you found it. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and other platforms. Hello. Hey, Jake. Clyde Hamill. You gotta get these hardened folks out of town. They're making things with Dana worse. <laughs> While freedom of the press has many interpretations, almost none of them involve law enforcement escorting reporters out of town. Well, you could tell them something, surely. Put them on the wrong trail. Oh, should I tell them about the 38 hours? Well, everybody knows about that. 
The end of the transcript, the, the thing nobody knows. I got it right here, uh, and, and I quote, uh, Sheriff Barlow, we know it wasn't you, Clyde, but we also know you're covering. Clyde Hamill, I don't know anything. I told you I don't know anything. Sheriff Barlow, you're covering for Clyde. Why are you covering for Transcript notes a 30-second pause, and then Clyde Hamill. Listen, maybe we can work something out. And that's it. Don't you dare threaten my family. I'm not threatening. I'm asking why you want to go down. Well then. But no matter what, you've earned the Listen to Arden Episode 205 badge, gentle listeners. As always, our special assistant to Michelle Agresti was Mike Bash, who said, Classic Mia! Join us next time for more adventures in Arden. Thank you, and good night. This week, and every week, we'd like to thank our executive producer donors, Amy Tate, Danny Bell, and DJ Sutherland, who are more than just good people. They're the best. This week, we'd like to thank our Indiegogo backers, Eliza Wheeler, Elizabeth Klein, Elizabeth Reefit, Elizabeth Villareal, Ella Watts, Emily Carlin, Emily Yanka, Erin O'Mara Chen, Erin Phelps, Ernie Hurtado, Evelyn Vigner, Gavin Kay, Gia Gianola, and Glee Glows, the most dedicated I'm a DJ walking here fans. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Forgive me, Father. For I have sinned. It's been six months. Since my last confession. What would you like to confess today? I have decades of failings I could recap here. Today, I want to confess the worst thing I've ever done. Uh, okay. Uh, lots to unpack here. I can be kind of a crap husband. I took eight years of my life and lit it on fire in a matter of five hours. So I did what any self-respecting father would do. I, um, <laughs> lightly dosed his Gatorade with a powerful laxative. And I guess sorry for making out in the confessional. Since confession is about talking to God, I felt he had a right to know what you've done. What I've done? What did I do? Are you kidding? Do you love Emily? What the hell kind of question is that? Well, you're not going to absolve me? That's the whole point. Please leave the sacrament to the professional. Where do you get off talking to me like this? <clears throat> Excuse me? What the f- Who is there? Forgive Me, a comedy podcast from Rogue Dialogue.